0: All right, good morning. How we doing? Woo, aren't these guys awesome? Gosh, I'm learning every day I come to work I have less and less of a job. But uh, I'm just gonna be out here with you, hanging enjoying it, drinking coffee. It's like actually nice to, walk around, you know, just come to church. Pretty cool. Um, Well, good morning. We're glad you're here. Welcome to church. Um, If this is your first time here, or maybe you have come a bunch of times, regardless, we're glad that you're here today. Um, My name is Sam Fisher. I get to serve as our worship and outreach pastor here. Um, And I just wanted to tell you two things um, before we get started. One, we're glad you're here. And uh, if this is your first time, we are all about helping people follow Jesus. So everything we do today, um, the worship, the people that you talk to, um, everything is in uh, hopes that we can help you follow Jesus and in turn help others follow Jesus. The second thing I want you to know is I am not the lead pastor. Our lead pastor is Matt uh, Wolf over here to my left. Um, And he's crazy because this is the second time he's allowed me to stand up here with a microphone so yeah, I don't know what he's thinking, but if we could just start, you know, praying for him, keep him in your prayers and thoughts as is- He's leading us, um, but I'm glad to be up here. I really am. I'm, I'm always excited. Once I step, step up here, you know, it's exciting, but the, the leading up to it, you're always like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I wanna keep it simple today. We're uh, in a new series called Giant Slayer. I'm talking about the life of David, uh, kind of leading up to his battle with Goliath. And um, so today we're in First Samuel, Um, And before we get going with anything, I just wanted to take uh, one second to read this scripture um, to you. It's out of John 3.16. You may have heard this scripture before. It's probably one of the most famous scriptures, but it's really what we build our faith on as as Christians. Um, And as we're talking today about preparing for war, um, I want us to read this at the very top in case for some reason you tune me out for the next thirty minutes um, that you at least will start with this and we 'll end with this scripture um, after it 's all over so John three sixteen for God so loved the world, that He gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The reason we gather here on Sundays. Uh, The reason why we even do church or your mom or friend or spouse dragged you here or begged you to come to church is really so that you would hear that one simple truth, that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son Jesus to die on a cross for you. Not just for the person next to you, but for you. He loved you so much. He's not angry with you, he's not mad at you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross to save you of your sins. But not only that, he didn't just die, he rose again three days later, defeating death, proving he was the son of God, that everything that was spoken about him was true, and now we can put our faith in him. And if we would just accept that truth, uh, then we could spend eternity forever uh, with him. And so today, really, I just want you to know that you have the choice. That's the cool thing about our faith is that it's not forced upon us. It's not like you have to do this thing. It's really our choice. We get the freedom to choose whether we want to accept it or not. And um, for those who have accepted that, I'm really glad. And for those who maybe haven't accepted that, I really hope that you choose that and believe that, accept that today. Um, Okay, so I want you to see that because that is the most important thing that I could tell you today. Um, We'll come back to it afterwards, but... um, the big idea for today is preparing for war. Preparing for war. Um, aren't you grateful for the people who serve our country in all the d- many different ways? I'm really grateful for that. It's... Uh, it's so funny because my dad and I like one thing we love to do is is watch war movies and kind of action movies. James Bond, well, James Bond's not really a war, but you know, behind enemy lines, stuff like that. We like watching the war movies, and I used to think that you know it was just kind of as simple as either press the button or don't press the button. Like that's that's all it really is, but. Um, If you watch some of these movies, or maybe if you've been in the service, or you have a family member who's been in there, you know it's actually a lot more difficult (laughs) than that. Uh, There's a lot of preparation, there's a lot of time that goes into it, um, a lot of training. Um, It's not just kind of like, hey, so in like two, maybe three weeks, we're not really sure, we're gonna kind of just like bomb this country, so if you just figure out like a bomb thing, I'm sure it'll be fine, we're not gonna really check it. It's like, I'm really glad that's not how they do it because we would probably be really doomed. Um, But I went and saw Oppenheimer with my dad recently and uh, it was between that or Barbie and he picked Oppenheimer. So if anyone wants to go see Barbie after this, I would like to. Yeah, okay. Oh, I got a date. Yeah, I am single. I guess that's something I should mention up top. If you wanna put it on the back screen, just leave it up for a couple minutes. For those of you watching online, we're so glad you're here today. Text four seven eight. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But you can DM me. Uh, So we went and saw Oppenheimer, and it's really all about the behind the scenes. You know, talking about how they kind of built this bomb and all this. And it's um, there's so much in that movie. I, I don't even think I understood half of it. But what I did see was, you know, it took millions of dollars. I think billions of dollars. Thousands and thousands of hours and man hours and, and different scientists and people, and there was fights and all kinds of things behind the scenes to just make this one thing happen um, because they really only had one shot and so they wanted to get it right. And so, I'm really grateful that we, when we want to go to war, we prepare. It kind of seems fitting. Um, so, today, As we talk about war, as we talk about preparing for war, I wanted to keep it very, very simple um, and have three points today. So when you come against these battles or these trials or these wars that we may find ourselves saying that you will have three easy steps to get you through it. Okay? Sound good? Awesome. All right. So I'm going to read from uh, 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 23. If you want to open your Bibles, you can. Um, If you want to... We have an event on the version app, the Bible app, if you wanna follow along there or you can follow along on the screen. But uh, it says, now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendants said to him, see an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man and the Lord is with him. Do you ever just read the Bible sometimes? You're like, man, he's just speaking write it to me, the fine looking man, the Lord is with you, like, it really just, felt felt really connected to that verse, but. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them to his son, David, to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse saying, allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. You know, I recently just got back um, from Georgia um, and it was a really great trip with my dad. And uh, one thing we talked about on one of the car rides was the way he parented me uh, growing up. And he's always been really hard on himself because he didn't have like the greatest father figure. And so he's always like, oh, I could have done it so much better. I could have done it so much better. And I was just encouraging him that I really appreciated the way um, that he parented me. He was very humble um, and always willing to learn and, and knew that he was going to make mistakes. Um, but one thing he did, um, because uh, as you could probably tell, I was not a shining star in high school. And uh, I did some crazy things sometimes. And and so my dad would obviously have to reprimand me from time to time. And what he would do is we would just kind of have this thing where we'd be in the car, we'd be riding home. And instead of just like starting to yell at me and and go crazy, he would just, he'd have a big old dip in his mouth and he'd have the one arm on the thing and he'd go, well, that was pretty stupid, huh? (laughs) Yep. So probably not gonna do that again, right? Yep. Cause you know what will happen if if it does. I'm like, Yep. All right, good talk. Let's not do let's not be stupid. <laughs> I was like, sick, all right. And that was usually enough because Bruce Fisher, with you know, just dip falling out of his mouth, with the big old mullet, like I was, I was scared straight, you know. but if it didn't work, then he would navigate to the second step, and which was a whooping. And I don't know if any of you know what a whooping is, um, but it's much different than a whooping, which is I-N-G. This is a whooping with a hard apostrophe in at the end. And uh, only sick people do this, but my dad would love, he just loved just taking the belt off slowly Putting it together and doing the little popping noise—you ever done that? The older I get, I realize it is very satisfying. But he would just slowly—I'm fall I'm running around the house screaming my head off, and he's just popping that thing like oh. and that was worse than the than the spanking itself. But he would only do that if it really, really got to it, and it didn't matter how old I got—I was never too old for a whooping. Um, and it wasn't to be mean or vindictive or to necessarily like harm me, but it was because he cared and he would try um, the grace route for so long until I was like, okay, he needed to turn up a little bit and I needed a whooping. And so what we read here is that's kind of what's happening to Saul. I don't want you to think that there's the part in there about God putting the evil spirit on Saul. I don't want you to think that God's just throwing evil spirits at people. You get an evil spirit. You get an evil spirit. Hey, evil spirit. Um, But Saul, he wasn't getting it. He was trying to help Saul learn and grow and Saul wasn't getting it. So he turned up the heat a little bit. Um, And so that's kind of where we find ourselves um, in this is that he's really trying to um, heal him and through a, maybe a tougher route. Um, There's a clip of Matt that went, kind of viral uh, not too long ago about the scalpel. do you remember this message where he says he he will uh, prune us you know with the scalpel it's a very sharp and precise cut um, but it's not to hurt us it's to heal us but there's a little bit of pain involved um, but ultimately it's for for our good and so I, I just want us to kind of see that um, as we as we work through this because I don't want people to think that God's just trying to tempt us you know at every turn um, but we're not here to talk about Saul we're here to talk about David and how he responded. So I have three points for you today. I wanna keep things super, super simple. Um, And where did they find David first? He was worshiping. He uh, Well, that was a great answer, sorry. But uh, I kind of set you up there. But he was a worshiper. Um, You may have heard this before, but David was a man after God's own heart. Um, so he had favor in the eyes of the Lord because he would seek God on a daily basis. And favor is just kind of a fancy word for approval. Um, and God had David's back. And uh, isn't it good when you know, someone has your back it's a good feeling. Um, we talk about Josiah a good bit, um, but Josiah has like always got my back and it's such a good feeling. I can walk in with confidence knowing someone's got my back and to prove it, um, you know, there's some Sundays where um, things are planned out and it's like, oh yeah, you're going to do this. Or you're going to do this. And there's a lot of Saturdays that it's like 830 at night. And I'm like, dude, uh, I need a drummer or I need a, You to sing or play piano or whatever, the 100 things Josiah can do. And he always texts me back. He goes, you're a G, I got you. And to prove it, I accumulated a couple of texts of where he said this. You know I got you. You're a G, I got you. I actually have time to practice. That's a good one. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that means the other ones he doesn't practice or what, but. But it's good, it's a good feeling to know that that uh, someone has your back and God has our back. And in this moment, we really see that he has David's back. And so in this passage, Saul has this evil spirit come upon him and he knows uh, he needs to do something about it, but he's not really sure what to do. So he you know, goes out to find David uh, so he can play worship music um, and it soothes him. And he doesn't really go to anything else. He doesn't go to rocks or fortune tellers or, a really cool yoga pose, Um, he goes to God first because he knows, hey, when this spirit is upon me, I really don't know what to do, but I know when I get in the presence of God, it soothes me, there's a peace that comes over me and I just need to get into the presence of God every time I feel this feeling. And I know a lot of us, when we feel attacked or worried or frustrated, or unsettled, we go to a lot of other things first before the presence of God. And I think right here we see worship first, not second, not third, not last, but worship first. Saul knew if he could just get in the presence of God, that something would change, something could shift. But that's also how they found David, a shepherd boy who was known for worship. He wasn't seeking to be anything other than a worshiper. And because of that, he was now asked to serve at a higher capacity. I know for me, it's the days that I like start my day listening to music that things begin to change a little bit. I'm a little more grateful. I, choose, I treat God less like a genie um, than the days that I don't. And I'm gonna talk about my team um, a lot here today because I think they're uh, great examples of this. Um, but you gotta start your day with it. Let it change the outcome of your whole day. Sometimes uh, you, know, you might be in the middle of your day and, and somebody ticks you off or you, know, you have a really hard call or something like that. Just take five minutes, stop, pause, begin to worship, speak to God. We're not, I don't think we're sound enough sometimes to be able to, to do these things on our own. We need to lean on God because he wants to help us, he wants to walk us through, he wants to fight these battles with us and for us, but we have to be willing to let him do that. Um, there's a lot of times, uh, like the older I get, I think the more quick-tempered I get. Um, hopefully none of you have ever seen that uh, part of me, but it's, it can happen, You know, I get a little more short-fused and uh, I'm such a fast mover, I don't like to slow down, I don't wanna take the time to do it, it feels like a waste of time, it's like I just don't have the time for it. But I was talking to Matt about this and he's like, man, when it happens, just go to a dark space, just take five minutes and just pray to God and just sit in his presence for a second. And I started doing that. Sometimes I'll kind of, you'll see me go to the back here. And a lot of times I'm working or I'm getting something or changing something, but sometimes it's because I need to be alone for five seconds and I'll just go sit in the dark and just spend some time in his presence and things begin to shift for me. And I don't like to do that. And I don't know if many of us like to do that because we've run so hard, but I think it's so important to be reminded, take the time to be a worshiper first. God wants, everything God does is for us to be led back into communion with him and to repentance and communion with him. And so worship first is really where it starts. We are made to be worshipers. And so let's spend time in his presence. And this is where, you know, they find David. And so we see him now called to this position because of his worship. He still had to have the skills and the character and the integrity to sustain him in this role. It doesn't mean you can just go buck wild, but worship is what got him here. Okay, so now they find him David worshiping, then what? They gave him a task. They gave him an assignment. So the second part is accept the, accept the assignment. David uh, was known for his character, but this wasn't the first assignment that he was given. In verse 18, I like how in some translations, it says he was a man of valor, uh, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. He walked different, he talked different. He uh, It wasn't because he you know had a chiseled jawline and big muscles and a, a nice beard and wore a really nice suit. It had nothing to do with his physical appearance. It was because the time he spent with God in private made him different in public. He walked different. He talked different. And uh, that's one thing I love about Alberta, one of our awesome worship leaders, is uh, when she opens her mouth, it's like something just shifts. You know, it's like, I feel the presence of God. (laughs) Um, But that's something you can't fake. That's not something you you can't put on your Holy Spirit Shirt today, It's like, oh, people are gonna feel the presence on me. You either have it or you don't. And it comes from walking with the spirit in private. And that's what David did. And this was known about him. So once he was given a task, um, this wasn't the first task. This was one of many tasks, but he was given uh, this task to serve under Saul. And when he feels this spirit come upon him, now he has to play worship music for him. What do you think it was like serving under Saul. It probably wasn't all that great, especially someone who has this evil spirit upon him that's tormenting him and he's just super demanding and, and stuff. And you may know what that feels like. Like maybe you've had a bad boss or had a really hard coworker that you've had to deal with. And you're like, I know that God made a way for me to get this job. I know that he provided for me and I know I'm supposed to be in this thing. He called me to it. I know he called me to it but working with this person, this is the toughest thing I've ever had to do. Or this task, like I thought I was gonna come in and do something completely different. I've been baited and switched before. I thought I was doing one thing and now I'm doing the other. But he made a way. And so are you gonna accept the assignment or not? The calling, uh, they may not all be flashy and super pretty or very easy, but do you think that being a shepherd boy is as nice as being a king? But he had to be a shepherd boy first before he could be king. Luke 16.10 says, one who is faithful with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Now this verse I think can be used for many different reasons, but I always think about this when I'm given something. No matter the size or the effect that I think it will have, can God trust me with it? And will I do my best with it? Because if so, God can maybe give me something bigger the next time. And if not, he might not be able to trust me to give me something more, which is kind of back to my point from earlier when I started that it's been so cool to see this church grow and be a part of like seeing God move. It's like, I really feel like God is trusting us with little and then he just gives us a little more, a little more, a little more. And he can trust us because we've been faithful with the little. And this can be used definitely for money or a job or, or really any application, but David was so faithful with the little, so now God was trusting him with a little more. Some tasks are hard and are not pleasant, but it serves a purpose. And David was more concerned with serving God and what he called him to do over his own preferences and desires. Probably because he worshiped first, he spent time with the Lord and was aligned with what God was trying to do. What about my dreams and my desires? It doesn't mean that all of those have to go out the window, but I do think that our priorities and our perspectives shift when we're aligned with what God's trying to do. Some of the things we thought we wanted start to slip away. Are we willing to set aside our selfish desires and dreams for to serve God and, and what his plan is? So David serves. He accepts the assignment and he serves in this time. He sees what it's like to run a kingdom, the good and the bad. And I think sometimes we're actually placed under bad leadership to see the good and the bad, to see what it could be like and what it really isn't like. And I love that uh, Alberta talked about perspective last week because a lot of life is perspective, right? But he could have chose to complain and to frust- be frustrated and gossip and you know just talk bad and not do anything to help. But he watched and he listened and he served patiently because one day he would become king and do things different because of, Because of that, he wasn't trying to be vindictive or um, try to take the throne away from Saul or anything like that, but he was serving and learning what he could while he was in that position. So what now? I'm putting God first. I'm accepting the assignment. I'm having a good attitude, blah, blah, blah. What's next? Repeat. It's as simple as that. Worship first, accept the assignment, repeat. If you couldn't tell... Uh, You clearly didn't, because no one gasped with air, but I'm making an acronym, W-A-R, Worship First. Accept the assignment, repeat. So, oh, come on. Uh, I spent about a month on that. No joke, actually. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we're all gonna face war. We're all gonna come against war. And so I just want you to be able to think of those three easy steps when you're in a war, when you're in a challenge. He could say, worship first, accept the assignment, repeat. Because that's what David did. And every little assignment prepared him for the next. This wasn't his first assignment. This is kind of where we pick up in the scripture, but he was given all kinds of assignments leading up to it and all kinds of assignments after. But he worshiped first, he accepted the assignment, and then he repeated. Everything God does is, uh, is for our good. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant um, or never grow or never progress. He's always trying to push us forward constantly, nudging us little by little. And a guy who started as a worshiper became the giant slayer. But if he woke up from under that tree and went straight to slaying the giant, he probably would not have succeeded because he wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. So I'm gonna get really nerdy, is that okay? All right, so you're gonna, be, you're gonna love this clip. I'm gonna roll a little clip of something uh, that's from my high school day. I'm, I'm not in this clip, by the way, but it's really cool, so check this out. There it is. That's pretty sweet, yeah. You wanna watch it again? Yeah, we can watch it again. We watch the whole thing. It's 12 minutes. Y'all have 12 minutes? I have a little more time. Uh, so that is a little thing called marching band, if you haven't heard of it. Pretty sick little activity. Um, definitely makes you the most popular kid in school. If you're in high school and wanna be cool, join marching band and you'll shoot right to the top. The top of the bottom. <laughs> um... But that looked cool, right? You got all the shapes happening, they're doing the circles and they're all like, I don't know, I love it, I think it's cool. But what you don't see is the months and months prior um, when you're all together in a sweaty auditorium And you're learning just parts of just sections by sections in different sections. So you have the trumpets over here learning a part and you have the tubas over here learning a part and the drums are over here learning a part and everybody's kind of figuring it out. And then you kind of put another piece together and then you put another piece together and then you kind of come together and you play one chunk of the, of the show, but not the whole thing. And then you kind of do the other stuff. Then we got to go outside and do it. So now we're going to play outside in the sun. And it's like, whoa, this is way worse, but I haven't even marched yet. So now I got to march, but I don't know where I'm going. So we got to learn the drill. And then that, that shape doesn't work. So we got to scratch that, relearn the drill, memorize. It's craziness. But each, but then you get to the end and it's like, this is really cool. Like this looks awesome and everybody's in tandem and we're all like rocking and flowing. But that's, that's kind of like what God is doing with us, right? It's, He's taking, starting with a really small piece. Hey, I want you to learn this one little chunk and then let's move to the next chunk and let's move to the next chunk and move to the next chunk. And everything previous was to help you with the next and you're building like building blocks right on top of each other. And you can't just jump to the end, but all those little preparation that helped you get to the finished product. If you just jump to the end, you might not be ready for it, but along the way you're building confidence you're building strength to where you're just so ready at the end of like, I got this, I wanna do it. I'm so ready to do it. And I think that's what God was doing with David, preparing him in little pieces until he was so ready to face the giant. That's the pruning that we talked about in our last series, slowly chipping away until the rock is no longer a lump, but it's a beautiful sculpture. It takes time though, it's not overnight, it's hard and it hurts and it's painful but it's for your good, it's not to harm you. And I think we have to look at it like that because that's what it is. War isn't fun, but it's coming for each and every one of us. And sometimes I'll go back and I'll, you know, watch shows from high school that I was a part of. And I remember that drum break and that little like move we did and I remember those steps and like the running to that other side. And it just comes back to me like that because I spent so many hours preparing and doing it over and over and over and over again, a repetition. And it's like, it's second nature, it's in my DNA. And I think that that's how we have to look at this story because God is always trying to prepare us for what's next. And if we start looking at things as preparation instead of condemnation, I think we'd be a lot better off. I told you I'd come back to this verse because I think it really is the most important thing I could say today. But John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Everything God does is to be in communion with us. He wants good for us, not evil. But if you're walking in here today without accepting what Jesus did for you, you're like Saul, drifting farther and farther away but what if you chose to do what David did? What if you chose to put Jesus at the center of your life today? Are you troubled? So am I, but you have someone who really wants to fight on your behalf for you, but you have to accept it. You have to accept it. I think it's a lot like someone sending you a thousand dollars on Venmo and it's just sitting there until you accept it. You have to accept it. It Hasn't hit your bank account yet. You don't really have the thousand dollars yet. You have to accept it. And I really want you to accept it today. I don't want you to wait any longer. I don't want you to be afraid or in fear of what someone to your left or to your right might think, but I want you to have that for yourself today. And if you are already a believer, you've already put Jesus at the center of your life. Are you putting him at the center of your battle? Are you letting him prepare you for what's next, to prune you, to make you stronger? And if you haven't accepted this, I want want you to do that today. I want you to put Jesus at the center of your life and not only your life, but your battles, because he wants to fight them for you. He loves you, he's not angry at you. He cares about you very, very much. So if everyone would bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second, at the end of every service, we always pray, a prayer together uh, for the benefit of those who may be praying it for the first time. And so repeat after me, dear God, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Save me, change me, remake me. I believe in what Jesus did for me and I put my faith solely in him. I believe I am a child of God. I believe I am a child of God. I believe I am a child of God. And I put my faith in you today, Jesus. So with your eyes still closed and your heads bowed, not looking around, if you made that decision today, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, um, maybe this is the first time you're coming to Jesus saying, yes, I wanna put you at the center of my life. Or maybe you're saying, man, I've, I've drifted so far away from Jesus and I'm putting him at the center of my life starting today. I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm gonna to count to three and I want you to shoot your hand up in the air. And I don't want you to be afraid of what the person to your left or to your right might think. This is a decision between you and Jesus. And the reason why I want you to shoot your hand up is because we wanna put something in your hand that will help you along the way on, in, in your journey. So I want you boldly with confidence, being proud of the decision that you made, saying, I'm coming back to you, Jesus. I'm not waiting any longer. I'm coming back to you today. Would you shoot your hand up? One, two, three, shoot your hand up in the air. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, let's celebrate. If you'd keep your hand up for just a moment, just so we can get you this booklet, we wanna put this in your hands. Amen. Lord God, we're just so grateful for what you're doing in our midst, that you are preparing us for war, that you are saving souls, that you have called us by name. Lord God, we are just grateful that you love us and that you sent your own son to die on the cross for us so that we could face all the giants in our life. Um, So Lord God, I pray that we'd walk out of here changed today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.